0: welcome 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 this is the distraction pieces podcast episode 476 and we have a rare returning guest in the legend that is jordan gray and jordan has been busy since they were last on let me tell you that and we discuss all of that we discuss how long it's been this is such an amazing chat we recorded it the day after jordan got back from the edinburgh fringe Jordan was one of the stories of the Edinburgh Fringe. With, I mean, you'll hear all about it. Five-star reviews everywhere. We'll go into it. Let's not even go into it now. But what I will go into is we talk a whole load in this about Jordan's Soho Theatre run of shows, which is a huge deal. Now, as this podcast goes out, they started a few days ago. They've all sold out. But what I can tell you when you're excited about this is a date has been added on october 28th at the london palladium um tickets are on sale now and you want to swoop As i said this whole run at the soho theater has sold out before the run has started which is madness and now jordan is taking the show to the london palladium you're going to want to get all over that now, really, but feel free to wait till the end of the podcast, and then you'll really be chomping at the bit, or champing at the bit, who knows. As ever, we're brought to you by SpeechDevelopmentRecords.com. I've got loads of merch over there if you want any of that. It's really l- lovely. There's even some brand new merch um, that has my big stupid face on. You can also head over to Patreon.com forward slash Scroobius Pip, where for like a dollar a month or two dollars a month you can support the podcast if it's within your means to do so and yeah you can head to twitch.tv forward slash pipio and see me getting up to all sorts of nonsense i'm having the most f- fun over there at the moment i'm streaming more often than i'm not it feels like like days wise not hours wise that'd be insane um but yeah i'm over there a lot and it's lovely to chat with you lot live so yeah there's all that. If this is your first time tuning in, check out previous episodes. Um, Let me think of people to get mentioned in this episode that have been on previously. Russell Brand has been on previously. I talk about the Michael Cashman episode really briefly. It's one of the best episodes I've ever done. It's a two-parter. It's astounding. I highly recommend you go and listen to that, particularly if you don't know anything about Michael Cashman. Simon Pegg has been on twice nick frost has been on twice florence Pugh has been on twice frankie boyle has been on twice if we're going over the people who've been on twice there's a handful sarah pasco has been on twice there's been a few people on twice and they're great and there's been a load of people on once who are also great let's get into the episode jordan is an absolute force and everything we talked about here i'm glad we recorded it when we did because we wanted to keep that energy and excitement of the astounding month that had just happened so but it's it's one of many astounding months ahead so let's get into the podcast this is episode 476 of the distraction pieces podcast with jordan gray and we're going right i'm joined today by
1: jordan gray how are you all right man thanks for having me again it's nice i'm really excited to
0: ch- chat to you and we've gone back and forth on this because i saw you a week ago and we were thinking of recording then and i was like no 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 there's going to be exciting things that happen in the next week and there was it got, so i'm glad we held off it's been exponential
1: and i i'm not much of a mathematician but I th- if i draw it on a graph it's gone it's just going up now
0: yeah, yeah i was proper just kind of politely going no let's 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 wait until you're back and you're like we want to catch the energy so basically you're just back from the fringe like you got back yesterday
1: right edinburgh fringe Yeah, it's my first sleep genuinely my first sleep in 12 in a month i have forgot what a month is yeah, yeah. It's my first sleep in 27 days that was a proper sleep i was sleeping on a couch it's half my size but I'll keep waking up with like, this a silly comparison to make, but like proper PTSD of like, shit, when's the show? Because I've only yeah. been sleeping for hours at a time, one or two hours at a time before I've got to go do something. Yeah. So I keep waking up like, oh God, I'm so, quick call them and tell them I'm going to be there soon. I'm not going to do anything no. for two days.
0: Uh, you can actually relax f- yeah. f- for a bit, but yeah, we wanted to record immediately because we didn't want to lose the, the buzz and excitement because it's been a mad, mad fringe f- for you
1: just to start thank you so much for coming but also you for you standing in the tech booth in my show that was so sweet mate honestly
0: i might not have gone to the fringe if it wasn't for your show i'm in an erring because it's been a bit of a hectic month there's been some ups and downs and i started to see all the reviews coming in for your show and i was like i can't not uh, see this i was was talking to your tech guy about it when i did the fringe i got like 13 or 14 shows in and it suddenly occurred to me i was like oh it's never going to be as good as this is it like because you're just doing it in one venue over and over again you're just getting to as a nerd for the craft of it you're getting to hone every moment and i could could as say that in your performance as well the awareness that if you leave a pause here someone will laugh in a certain way and then you bounce off that and you've got you become the the circus master for it so i was like. I need to go and see this in that room where
1: when you've done it at that point 20 times in a row or, or whatever. So, yeah. yeah the confidence it's of essential. knowing something works and then if you don't get the laugh immediately, the confidence of, well – it's going to come in four or five seconds, so yeah. just just leave it. And it works every time. Yeah. It's so weird. It is, it's a formula and then it's done. You have to stay present. If you lose the presence of it, people. I think people are quite savvy nowadays. They're like, oh, this, we might as well just be watching TV. You need to be present in the room all the time, which is why I, 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 I consciously found myself, I was chatting with somebody about this, I balance on one foot quite a lot when I'm performing for no reason. It's nothing to do with it. Yeah. But it's me giving myself something to stay present in the moment because you have to balance. You have to think yeah. about balancing. And if I'm doing that, I'm like, well, I'm in the room. If I was standing on two feet, I could just be reciting it. Yeah. Uh, it's a really weird thing to find out about yourself.
0: I love that. Yeah, that's r- really interesting. And again, it was like, I don't think you get that same amount of personal analysis and honing and crafting when you're touring because the rooms are different each time and, and the lights are different and the sound is different. And they're those small things that will just, it's enough of a change. So true, definitely. Whereas I think being in one room, it's the unique thing about Edinburgh. There's a lot to hate about Edinburgh. And we'll talk about a lot of that as well because I want to kind of look at the whole journey to to this year's one. But one of the things I think that gets overlooked is that you're in the same room. You've normally got the same sound team, everything. So you can really just drill in. Honing on the variables. Yeah.
1: That is so interesting. Yeah, for sure. And then. You're never really supposed to blame the audience. And I don't think I've really ever legitimately blamed an audience. But sometimes you go, oh, that lot tonight. Because nothing else yeah. changed apart from who was in the room. Yeah, that yeah, lot yeah, tonight yeah. were a little bit sticky or a little bit dry. <laughs> yeah. Um, also, because the reviews came in really soon. It was day two. We got a lovely Guardian, lovely five star in the Guardian. It was really, really sweet. But then the knock-on effect we saw um, the day, maybe like the day seven or day eight, when those... Readers were suddenly appearing and it's a room full of strangers that don't know anything about me yeah um and i've suddenly got a different audience and then i'm talking to people that have had success and they're like oh yeah that's what happens so now you're gonna all they've got is a a recommendation from a newspaper that they like yeah. they don't know if, if it how rude it is or how naughty it is or whatever i don't know anything about not my people it. and we find you find your people over the fringe um it was great playing to that sort of audience um I've having to really work and be a bit more broad without losing what I think makes it special. Yeah, it's just that it is. for see, for a craftsperson, it's a joy.
0: I did ex- exactly that. I, I I was only out. I was only. Re- I, I wasn't even in Edinburgh for a full day. I had an evening when I saw your show. I had half a day the next day and half a day the day after that, but because I had to go to Glasgow and to, and to Liverpool. But on that half day before I went to Liverpool, I was I always catch Rob Alton because he's just my favorite p- performer. I think he's amazing. Yeah, incredible. But I was like, right, he's on at 250. Let me have a look at who's on before that. And as soon as I started to Google who's on at Edinburgh, it came up that the people who'd been nominated for the award had just come out that day. Oh, right. So I was like, oh, I'll have a look and see if anyone who's been nominated is up. And I saw someone I'd not heard before, a a Lauren Patterson. Yep. Went and caught their show completely blind, like not knowing anything at all. And it was one of the best things I've seen in years. Absolutely astounding show. I'm hopefully getting her on the podcast and that was exactly that as you were saying of just yeah. going oh well this has got a good review i'll go
1: yeah because because your time is precious <laughs> so it's like you go and find something that's you know been lauded yeah. or whatever lauren patterson was the first person I, comedian i ever bought a ticket to see but right. it's plenty of comedians before but i went and saw her at soho theater she's been so nice to me this fringe really really sweet a properly good comedian
0: amazing comedian yeah. and said just someone i for some reason hadn't been that aware of and then just i meant like i'd her about this i kept welling up and, right. and on bits yeah. that weren't particularly like no one else in the room was was w- w- welling up but there was certain moments that i connected to so deeply that i was just like everyone's just kind of l- laughing along and i'm like i had my mask on and i was like i'm glad i've got my mask on because my lips go in all of this i'm like Well, no one knows at least.
1: But but, do you um, think that's also a bit of you being a person that is so into the craft of it, when you see something executed so well and and you can see the willpower that's gone behind that to get it right from them as well? And
0: and again, we'll talk about it on Lauren's episode. I'm not going to spend your your whole (laughs) (laughs) episode (laughs) talking about Lauren, but her show is about being working class in this industry and always being one global pandemic away from having to go and get a normal job. And I've just lived that my whole life of doing the arts, all the different things I've done. It's always been, like, I've always felt I'm going to be back in HMV at some point. <laughs> it's why <where> I got <laughs> genuinely emotional when it looked like HMV was going to close. because That's like, your back, That's my backup plan, <laughs> and that's the only thing I know how to do, and now that's gone. <laughs> but, yeah, there's some, some moments in that that just proper got me, and, yeah, I love that about the fringe. But, so, one of the reasons, as I say, and I really had to come and catch th- this show in this moment was I call what I think was... Uh, at least w- 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 one of your first kind of
1: headline shows in in London I came along and saw you, yeah, you in came a little to a, room there a, a press a press night for the first I I took a 45 to Edinburgh in 2018 and you yeah. very kindly came to the press show at the curtain in Shoreditch yeah. yeah and I loved
0: it I really Thanks, enjoyed mate. it but I also felt right this it's it's a press night this stuff you're working out you were still I mean we should rewind even further because you were on the podcaster uh, Last time you were properly on the podcast for a full episode, you were a singer who'd done the voice and happened to be trans. <laughs> a lot's changed since. Yeah, then. still transgender. Yeah, yeah, that stayed. That's good. Um, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, you you after that you've moved into into to comedy and you realised that that was your passion and your love. And we've talked about this privately on your radio sh- show. In fact, we touched upon it a bit. And yeah, so you were still new at, at that point. Um, For sure. Yeah, you yeah. would reference a lot that because of where you're from and how you speak and how you deliver stuff, you feel like you're doing a, a, a Russell Brand impression or you're yeah, being compared. Yeah. To, Can't get to away Russell with it. We've got the same
1: haircut most of the time and we're <laughs> yeah. basically from the same town. I think he's from Grays. I grew up in Tilbury. Yeah. And um, that's always going to happen. And it's it's really nice seeing that peppered into the sh- to the reviews now, but it's not like the first thing people say. They used to be like, yeah. basically, if you're going to go see this, Understand it's Russell Brand with tits, like first of all, which is quite a bold thing to start with. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just also on that in that same vein of like, so what were you saying about Lauren? I'm not. We're not going to talk loads about Lauren's show. Let Lauren talk about her show. (laughs) But that thing of this year being that working class sort of vibe. I felt a bit like of a traitor because like there's so much conversation around working class comedians being priced out of the fringe this year. And I am yeah. one of those people who just happened to sell a TV show before I left. Otherwise I'd have no money at all. And then like feeling, it, it went so well that I'm sort of not, I've not got the right to be a part of those conversations now with people yeah. that I'd be slogging it in the trenches with before literally some, there's some actual trenches down by Calgate that yeah. I was literally hanging out in and I don't get to have that now, but I've, I'm like, I'm going to be working class till I die. Whatever happens, I'm yeah. going to be nouveau riche and then I'm going to be poor again and then I'll be nouveau riche. But I'm never going to be anything other than working class. And it's been a really, it's sort of distanced me from it a bit. That's been sort of, it's been a bit sad.
0: Well, let's talk about that a, a little bit then, because it is, it's part of the journey to this year's fr- Fringe. Because I heard you talking about it on the, the Mum and Mama podcast. And it is a thing where... The prices of venues, the support from the Fringe in general seems to have dropped off massively. I've seen a lot of comedians really unhappy with the chance they have of putting on a show, let alone making a profit. A profit's basically out the window for most shows at the Fringe this year, which means you're having to commit to making a loss, which means, as you touched upon on on Mum and Mama, you're going to have a vast majority of middle-class or rich comedians up there because it's not a risk that you can have an option in these particularly in times like this it's not an option and as you touched upon you'd happen to have sold a show a tv show and we'll talk more about scripts and all this kind of thing at some point as well but yeah it was because of that that you got to go up there and again to be clear we're going to be talking about five-star reviews sold out shows nominations awards, all sorts of stuff. But you were in a 73-seat of, of a venue. Like, this wasn't a big... Yeah. This isn't one of the, oh, you're in one of the big pleasant rooms. Or, you know, I think often, often I seem to think most nominees are in your 150 to 250 kind of size yeah, rooms. Bracket, and yeah. they're kind of th- 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 that kind of world. So you were going up there to just, as you touched upon in your show... When you went up there, obviously you overplayed it a bit, but when you went up there, no one knew who you were. It's not that no one knew who you were, but you certainly weren't w- w- one of the big fringe n- names when you went up yeah. there. Yeah, yeah, and you've come back as the talk of the fringe. So.
1: so sweet. It's just gone so incredibly. I like the poetry of it being like a little shipping container as well. That's when you talk yeah. about they'll, they'll make a space out of anything. Yeah, I went up there committed to taking a £2,000 loss. That was within yeah. my budget. It was like It's an investment. And it's just mythical to think you can come away with anything and not not to talk numbers, but we're very, very happy with how it's gone. It's like, yeah, but it doesn't change any of that part of the conversation. I I, I won the lottery a bunch in my life. I've won not literally <laughs> I've won the <laughs> i got to do the voice. That's a crapshoot anyway. Yeah. And then a bit of prize money, a, a bit of money for being on the show. It's it's not a sustainable model to keep winning stuff because yeah. how many competitions can you win? Also, there's loads of competition. <laughs> yeah. That's not a career. So That's I keep the winning stuff. Of competitions, isn't it? it? There's yeah, a yeah. lot of competition. <laughs> That's <laughs> probably why it's all that. Yeah. Uh, and I cause I just keep investing that money and trying to make the best out of it. And this was another situation to to get a TV show across the line is insane to get paid enough for it to be able to cover a cost. So let's not pretend I didn't have like I spent some money on PR, spent some money on production. Because it is just me and a cardboard phone box and a keyboard. Now there's no production mm. goes into the show itself, but a production, a producing team. And then I signed with Independent two months before I left, and that was been invaluable. They, they're incredible, great, they're fantastic. Great
0: That's who I'm with. I've been with Independent from yeah f- f- from the start. And the thing I love about Independent is they see stuff that they're excited about. And right. like my agent is always kind of going because again it's been up and down on on the acting f- front and all that. But he's like, no, it's going to happen. Like the things obviously good stuff has already happened sure. but the things you mm. want is like they're going to happen it's just you don't know how long they're going to be it's like that's the reason i took you on because like, oh this is going to happen in the end and a lot of agencies are more oh this person's hot at the moment or this sure. person's this or that they're independent do feel as if they go they're going to have a, a long-term career
1: be and yeah, we want like to help about, them get that yeah. you know talking about in those terms that it's really nice that they can see someone's having a buzz, but our conversation now about the tour that we go on from here is still about putting in that groundwork. We could now go with offers to go just shoot over to Broadway or do just big stuff, which would be amazing, but fizzling out like that, and then imagine it, for whatever reason, something didn't work out, to go through Soho Theatre like we're going to do, do what you're supposed to do as a a show that had some success rather than jump a load of stuff independent are really conscious of that. They want to lay the groundwork for a long-term career. What are people to be looked after, you know, like it's like being looked after by the the uh, Justice League or something. Yeah, it's like they're all specialized people, and you've got a team behind you. So cool, man. So point being, yeah, I had a lot of support going up there into this metal box. So, it's but like, again, yeah. as you
0: touched upon, it, it's a shipping container with some benches and some seats in. Yeah, um, and some some black sh- sh- sheets. Again, it's one of the things I love about the fringe because I don't know, man. It feels like proper sh- shows. As someone, again, as someone who always felt uncomfortable. In theatre spaces and things like that, and have grown to be comfortable in them, and there shouldn't be any discomfort. But those places are often made for rich people <laughs> to feel comfortable, because <laughs> sure. again, yeah. they will be resplendent and they'll have mm-hmm. all the all all the fineries <laughs> and the beauty of of the fringe. Like so many of the shows I've seen on the free fringe or on on the paid fringe, it's like this next week this venue won't exist. Yeah, yeah like yeah. it's a container or it's the back of a
1: Pub and they've put again a sheet up and some chairs out.
0: Yeah, the, it's like, this, the sound bleed on
1: a lot of these venues. It's like I think adds to the character. Sometimes you make it a part of the show if you can hear yeah. somebody else's show going at the same time, and you got used to it after three days. Like, yeah. That's part of the show now. At this moment, boom, he's going to do
0: something. Oh, I saw John Kearns um, doing his his work in progress, and the people upstairs from him, I think they got nominated as well. I can't think who they who they yeah. were, but um, he was like. How'd you make an audience do that? Because it was a really odd laugh. It wasn't. It was it was explosions of laughter. It wasn't like right. laugh, laugh. It was like these big moments. He's like again. I was going to say I don't want to ruin his material, but he's not going to be in that position anymore. But it was like that's the reaction a magician gets. So like, it is. It wasn't the normal
1: kind of. There's just a few little him. bits and tricks, isn't there? You can you can elicit. Like anything with, I'm, I'm convinced, I don't want to talk myself down because I think I'm quite good at, at the piano, but musical comedy allows you to jump a few hurdles in that sense. Like people are conditioned to clap at the end of a song, for example. Yeah. You can play with the expectation of a song nearly finishing, but then not. That's a laugh. Like you, you can squeeze in a few yeah. little things that we're used to with musical comedy. And um, similarly with prop comedy or anything at all. Anything that involves, uh, what do you call it? Object permanence, like, yeah. like a baby. <laughs> if you, yeah. Something was supposed to come out of a box and it didn't. That's a laugh. Yeah. Like so you can get those big laughs like that. That's just that's just sort of a neurochemical genetic evolution laughter. That's completely, not completely, yeah.
0: completely. I think in general in a stand up set, unless it's uh an Anthony Jeselnik type set up punchline, yeah. There's a comfort in musical comedy in that like, oh, this is when we're meant to laugh. Yeah. Like, like with yeah. loads of particularly if it's story based or anything else there'll be some smatterings of laugh you're like but there's probably a the next bit and then there's an the next bit and i want to kind of laugh at the end because that's the yeah, but, yeah, yeah you know it's 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 hard to gauge that that is one of the, be- the beauties of, of musical comedy as you said previously you've got comparison like again reviewers lo- love comparisons because it's easy and it makes or i mean audiences do yeah it makes us feel comfortable yeah. it's a yeah, reference yeah, for sure. and certain songs of yours i was like you must have been bl- blown away by what Bo Burnham did during the <sighs> pandemic. Because there's, there's, again, I, I was feeling, I wonder if you're going to get more Bo Burnham comparisons than Russell Brand comparisons of, of this year right, because right. of the music, because of the stories, rather than the Russell Brand ones,
1: just because... <clears throat> You've got big hair and you're, you're, well, the, and you're from round here. <laughs> well, the, the the middle ground there is Tim Minchin. I get a lot of Tim, yeah. which yes, is lovely. Yes, um, of course. The Bo Burnham special. I watched that on before I went to a gig at Bush Hall, like when it came out, and I just just think, well, what's the point? Like yeah. this is we're having a great time, but what? I mean, look at that. That's a, that's the pinnacle of musical comedy. I think he did an incredible job, and uh, the, and the gig moments, was fine. Though. I yeah. loved those moments. Yeah. I had that with everything everywhere all at once. Right. I came I'm out sure of the I'm cinema sure. there,
0: and I was like. Either I really want to go home and write or I'd never want to write anything ever again because, right. as you say, what's the fucking point?
1: That's it's, it. It's a paradigm shift. Yeah. But to be on the wave of a paradigm shift is very cool. Like, yeah. Okay, well, then there was a new set of rules now. Yeah. Um. But then that night, a it, bush went really, really well, and then someone came up to me that night. It was so, so sweet. I needed to hear it. They said, I didn't think... I would enjoy any musical comedy in a post-Burnham world, but I, now I see that there's something else to be done. Not to not not in terms of for quality. I suppose I yeah. suppose they meant there's other there's other yeah, musical yeah, comedy, yeah, 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 and yeah, that completely. just that was what a bloody my my um my PR company said that they've not had a well, I'm just properly talking myself up now. But it's organic. Go ahead. She said we've not had a a, a five star in the Guardian um, since Bo since wow. Bo Burnham. Yeah, on, on day two. Sorry day yeah. two for these trips like that's the last time it happened with Bo and when you feel like you're part of that lineage and that like, would have yeah, been okay. a few
0: years back as well yeah. that would have been because w- 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 when I was there I think in 2010 or 11 I was meant to do an interview with Bo Burnham for The Fringe right. Yeah, right. I couldn't make it and Tim Key ended up doing it sweet much better i I, I
1: watched that i I saw that interview yeah it's amazing Uh, tim's been really nice to me i not i've I've met him at that bushel at gig you were just talking about he's been really sweet to me this fringe yeah boza is a a singular comedian so then you you don't feel as bad like when you're getting compared to someone who is essentially an archetype of a person is that's to be expected because they've set a new standard and then of course everything's going to trickle down yeah of course it's it's an
0: honor so how was it on day one I mean, day- we'll get to day two where yeah. everything changed, but, or day three, I guess. But day one, you, you're up there. You're obviously part of the scene, so I'm sure there was a, a load of people you knew. But again, it's tough, particularly when your v- 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 venue, for example, isn't the easiest to find. I think that and the blue room, I think it was called, were the two that were kind of... A bit tucked away. Yeah, they're yep. a bit bit tucked away. And with the fringe, it's like... Twitch with tw- a, a Twitch if someone I like has streamed the next day I'll be like oh I'll go and watch the VOD of that and then I lo- I log on to Twitch and there's f- five other people I like streaming now yeah. and I go oh I'll just watch that probably actually r- rather than watch this one from yesterday and that's the fringe like you could have all the intention of coming to see Jordan For Gray sure. but then you're I'm not sure where it- oh there's you actually, can pick any cardinal direction or whatever else to yeah. go yeah I'm going
1: to go and watch any any point on the compass and head and walk and you walk into a door and someone will be doing something probably quite good yeah Yeah.
0: so it's not it's not the kind of place that it's easy to force people to look hard for stuff so how was it to get to the 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 venue
1: and to do that that first show I guess I didn't get to do a tech run when I was supposed to three nights before so I went in blind they'd done it for me and they set up lights as best they could and we brought we got, my show's got a cardboard phone box in it that I'll go into to get changed like Superman that we'd not seen it the size of it so we're all panicking everything fit everything's fine I think maybe like eight people were booked and then the Stamp Town, the collective, the people that produce me. There's this big trained bunch of Goulier-trained clowns, but they also run this company. Wow. They're incredible. They all packed the place out with. With they're all acts. They're all, we're oh, all right. on this together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that helped a lot. Amazing. Um, just made made the first one go really really well. I've got nothing to complain about. There's at no point in this conversation. I'm a, there's, there's been some hard moments, but uh, the, with the show, there's no, never been a hurdle apart from when the roof nearly caved in. We did have a leak right. where the roof nearly caved in. Apart from that. It's just crept up and then and then curved upwards. So the first one was great. Second one, The Guardian came in and they pack, came and packed it out again. Bless them, like they've seen it once, but they they all came back for the oh, second amazing. show. So sweet. And then from day three, sold out until the end. And so then we put on those extra shows and sold out, sold out, sold out. They, 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 um, sorry if I'm jumping the gun. No, no. But, but
0: so so also, I mean, again, I've remembered now, pre-day one, you got a lot of love for your poster you, oh, because yeah. you your show's wonderfully called is it a bird and it's about your kind of trans j- journey in life and superheroes yeah yeah and well the comparison between the two yeah. so is it a bird is a perfect name for it but but you did a really good poster and it's that got so a lot of love ahead of the, the yeah yeah the the freedoms so that must have yeah
1: it's an in-house team that Goulier bunch of trained clowns they, they have an in-house photographer compositor and everything if going with them it's like you are committing you are taking a chance on them but they are of the highest caliber of people yeah. as well like they just amazing. So, so good. yeah they did a great job and it won that won the uh, best post at the fringe award yeah. later in the in the run and i think maybe six of their other posters were shortlisted they're so good and they really know what they're doing they're just it. committed to the art of it like i think my photo I only they found out recently. They're so great. As an as an act. They, they do show the yeah. Soho Theatre, they they do a bunch there as well. Wicked. The guy that did my poster, he was the kid that made that Lego video for Coldplay back in the right. day. So like and they did him a great deal for that video. Like he makes money from that video. Yeah. So I didn't realise he doesn't need any money. <laughs> like yeah. so that's why he's so good at his job, because he just loves the art. He's not yes. scrabbling for to make or to give me exactly the most, I don't know. He's not. He's certainly not charging me for like hourly time. He's just getting he wants the to just done make the, the best thing. Yeah. It's a
0: beautiful position to be in, and it's a really tough subject to talk about openly because a big problem in the arts is people always wanting stuff done for free, mm. and that's not acceptable. However. Some of the best things I've done have been for free because it's mates and we're all excited to get it done. And like, this is exciting, this is fun. And we don't even, I've not even thought about the money. But that's often been in situations where I'm doing well enough to not have to worry about it. Like this guy, again, he can happily put hours and hours in because he wants to make something amazing because he's not on the breadline. And it's a tough conversation because I don't agree with the, oh, you should do it for exposure or whatever else. It's like, no, if you've got the time and you can afford to do it, and you're excited about it, then don't let money get in the way. Yes, that's like, don't nice rule way. yourself out of it yeah. because of money. But equally, don't yeah sell yourself sh- short and break your back to to make fuck all. <laughs> exactly. But, um,
1: yeah, I think he was out sort of f- photographing them as well. He photog- went and photographed Coldplay at their concert that day as well. And he's like, he's just a working part of the team. Oh my god, he's, he's well, his name's Dylan Woodley, and he opened Stamp Town. Yeah, this is proper. This gets me every time. He's got this brand, it's just his name, it's just Dylan brand, all purple with his name on it, sweaters, hats and everything. He comes out to like ride and solo with a bunch of people in purple morph suits and we all get so excited and we're chanting along, but it's nothing. It's the premium Dylan lifestyle brand experience. It's just his name and the colour purple and we're all up on our feet fucking loving it so much. I've so, seen you wearing
0: it. I didn't yeah, know what the hell's going yeah, on, but it, it makes sense now.
1: It's That's all it is. It's just his name and the hype of... I, I, it's kind of a statement but more of just of a joyous expression of yeah. this is how easy it is to get get excited about something. Yeah. Get about it, and nothing apart from his name but it's just his name and he, he fills 10 minutes with that with the crowd on their feet just chanting and enjoying the fact that we're all excited about something. I love it. n- it's just smoke and mirrors. It's so funny. I
0: love it. So you then get a five-star review in The Guardian and that's not easy. That's really then nice. Then you're having to f- fight your way through five-star reviews because... The Scotsman, like, look, there was loads. Can you remember off the top of your head? Because there was a lot all I would once, like to pretend I? that
1: I couldn't remember, but <laughs> yeah, I yeah, I can remember. Say, who was it? All right, so it goes, I'll try and do it in chronological order, but I don't yes. think I can do that. It goes, Guardian, the Student, The Telegraph, The Independent, the Scotsman, the Merv Stutter's pick of the fringe, mm-hmm. which is really, really sweet. Uh, and, oh, uh, The Fest and Voice Mag. Yeah, that 9 9 or 10 I think that's mad isn't it and then it? A, a, a smattering of 4s Chorto and The Times and The Evening Standard gave us 4s beautifully gorgeously written 4s I'm yeah. so spoiled because I've not done it before so I, the first 4 that came through I was like oh god everyone's going to be so disappointed in me and they were like it's The Times you idiot fuck shut up and just enjoy it Yeah. It was a beautiful review that's, yeah, that, I think that's about right. That must have been mad, right? Because the first one comes
0: in and you might think, oh, wicked, that's cool. But what an amazing fluke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Think, yeah. It was all right on the night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My people w- were in, all this kind of thing. It's yeah, like, yeah. oh, that's got nicely. First time magic, yeah. And then just time and time again, that reaction review-wise and crowd-wise, r- 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 right? It must have been great to get those crowds and particularly knowing your history of music as well I know you're going to have loved winning over some of those people who came in not knowing what they're getting at all.
1: Yeah, yeah. And, and music does grease those wheels a and bit. And you will have loved yeah.
0: any who came in not knowing what they were going to
1: get that didn't like it. Yeah.
0: <laughs> you're like, cool, oh, yeah, yeah. this is the best part as well. See you
1: later. It, it, Surprise. It, it, yeah. Force myself to be a little bit less critical. I might make judgments about certain kind of people and be completely wrong. I've got mm. a front row of, you know, like, what's the politically correct term for people with... White hair. I don't know. Like was sort of, like, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Nice, just nice older people thinking. Oh God, they're going to hate this. I'm going to be. I'm so sweary and so yeah. brazen. But then a song greases that straight away. They're like, okay, well, there's of This person sat, at least sat down for a little bit of their life and committed themselves to a craft. I can yeah. respect that to an extent. Yeah. And then by the end, I'm not a spoiler, but it gets a bit naughty at the end and like. I say naughty, just joy joyfully stupid. I'm a bit yeah. of silly toddler running around, and yeah, just just really joyful. I think that's what it is. The whole thing's fueled by joy. There's no cynicism in there. I'm not really being particularly political, mm. but I think people project a bit of political onto it. So I'm transgender, so I've got a novel combination of oh, a hundred percent people yeah. project a, a bit of, <laughs> of,
0: of, of of political on it. There's always yeah. that tr- drama. I saw a lovely t- tweet that someone did. Um, who was it? It was Paul Sinner. He's been so nice to me because yeah, I, I know he'd come along to one of the shows yeah. and. There Was all this talk of woke comedy has killed the fringe, and he said, just so you know, a trans comedian came here doing a 73 seat of, or a 50 seat venue or, or whatever it was, yeah, and then had to add three, was it 450?
1: Yeah, seat? yeah, Spiegel tent.
0: extra extra shows, and yeah, again, it's 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 nonsense, it's people wanting w- w- to politicize things, but how was that because. I spoke to you afterwards, watching it in that room was incredibly exciting, but it was exciting because I know how well that's going to work in a big room, like you could tell it's a, it's a grand yeah. show you know Thanks, it's not man. a kind of here I am with my microphone just here's some one liners it's a show show, so how was it to get to do the Spiegel Tent shows and they all sold out and to have that space and room? when you came up not expecting to have that space and room. just a treat
1: it's it's <laughs> it should be so much pressure you should it, you, yeah. you think, oh, right, okay, it's 10 times the size, 10 times the pressure. It was like, well, we weren't supposed to be doing this. So, whatever no. happens is the best. And but, it came at the right yeah. time as well. It <sighs> came when Perfect. it was
0: really polished and yeah. you would know it really well. So, it's like, fucking put me anywhere
1: you want, mate. Yeah. The sound team, down to the nth degree, they did stuff to my keyboard that has made it sound better going to future gigs. They're so sick. So, the sound is gorgeous. Amazing. But also, when you're playing a high status character and playing music, the bigger, the better, because it's designed to fill. You, yeah, you're like, the, the, God, this should be in Madison Square Garden because it's it, it's a rock star. You're pl- playing a rock star, or someone that thinks they're a rock star. Yeah. It can't be big enough. Yeah. so it was perfect. It was just incredible. Um, and it's in the round. Some very emotional. I have spent. There was a lot more, a lot more crying from me in a comedy show than you'd expect for like coming to see some comedy. <laughs> I bawled my eyes out on the first one and the last one. Um, and then a little bit in between. There's just the middle one in between. Yeah. <laughs> <Fuck it. laughs> They're like, I'm
0: not surprised. In, the, in those
1: big rooms. And the end of the last one, the the, the last big one we did. Um, so I didn't win the, I don't know if we're jumping. I don't want to jump ahead. If you, you, jump, were talking, you jump anywhere you but want. I was nominated for that lovely Dave's Comedy Award, which is the, the holy grail for comedians. It's wonderful to be nominated. It's so incredible. Um, I didn't get it. Went to the wonderful Sam Campbell, m- funniest bones of any guy I've ever seen. Incredible. Yeah. But then on that last show, my producer, he stormed the stage just as I was finished. And apparently two days before, I'd won the British Comedy Guide's uh, Comedian's Choice. So you are the choice of the comedians of the fringe. And they timed it perfectly because they probably knew I'd be a bit deflated if I didn't win that thing. And they're like, but, you know, Edinburgh is behind you. And just like, you know, like a cartoon, the tears just like straight lines down my face and I'm, to spoil it, I mean, the show's been done now, but I'm, I'm nude at the end of that show. And he was like, well, I'm your producer and, uh, you know, I, I wouldn't be a good producer if I wasn't nude as well. So then me and my producer just standing in the nude, holding this, this uh, mask. I love it. To the crowd, they're already up on their feet and then to give them something else that's that important of that reward, yeah. it's like they can't get any higher. Yeah. So their arms are going up in the air, the people just, ah, oh, we're all, there's... It, it's weird to be have to share that with an audience a, a tearful moment with a big audience yeah not just for me like people are feeling something special because we're all in this together and it's such a bubble fringe is such a bubble so we're um yeah just w- sharing a moment i've got real hand experience now of what it means to feel like you're sharing a moment in time with someone and yeah. that's bigger than me and most things i I think i can factor in i'm like I, i've done that i didn't do that at all that's just yeah. a thing that happened yeah that's very special i, l-
0: yeah. I, l- I love that well was it at some point along the run that you confirmed the Soho theatre sh- shows? Yeah, we'd
1: always wanted to, and they said maybe a few months in advance. And then when the reviews started coming in, they pushed everything forward. So that's now brilliant. We start on the nineteenth of September. Yes, we get to we get to jump straight in. There was a big conversation. This is sort of behind the scenesy stuff that got a bit ugly, but like so. My agents and my producers hadn't met before. And when right. the agents landed in Edinburgh, it was kind of like a spaceship landed and the producers got a bit nervy because it seemed like things were going to go in a different direction. Right. We got offered the Palace in London, which we're still going to do. Yeah. We're, t- we're taking it on a national tour now. Got to meet on Tuesday. But we're doing a big city tour. We're not going to do regional for now, unless maybe, yeah. maybe. But but the conversation of my producers being pushed slowly out and I'm, I've, I was like... Well, I'm I'm crying. I'm, I spend so much time in tears, this fringe because I'm like, I didn't do anything wrong. Why is this ugly situation happening But I haven't done anything wrong? Um, so I'm meeting them individually and then everything gelled together beautifully because they just had not had a chance to chat. It's intimidating yeah. when they've worked so hard and then these overlords drop in and like, right, this is what's going to happen. Turned out everything's beautiful and magical and lovely. And um, it's an industry that's got a history of people being left
0: behind and screwed over sure. and yeah. money taking over everything. But what both sides probably didn't know is that it was two sides of goodies.
1: Yeah, that's exactly it.
0: <laughs> there wasn't a goodie in a badie. Yeah. You're assuming that the other side is a baddie. Yeah. <laughs> and they turn like, oh, aligns, right. We're yes. all goodies. Yeah.
1: Oh, sweet. That's, that moment, you uh, realize, oh, everyone's moving in the same direction. They just were coming at it from different sides. Yeah. Yeah. They're exactly that. So if, everyone's just got the best intentions at heart. I also had a, uh, yeah, um, uh, I made this little short form thing ages ago that turned into a TV show, turned into a transaction. Yes. Somebody got left behind in that process ages ago in a really ugly manner. And um, I met them for the first time. I went for a little powwow and a little chat and resolved, like, a sort of five a five-year gripe right, during the Fringe. Wow. That was a really lovely thing to sort of untie a, of a knot. And then I came to my last show and celebrated. It was, yeah, it's a good month for uh, clarity. Yeah. Yeah, just, uh, just uh, untying ugly knots. And I, I learned how the industry works a bit more as well.
0: Yeah, yeah, 100%. Well, I mean, there's, there's obviously, again, if we had recorded this when we were g- going to record it, we wouldn't have got that amazing a walled moment, because, again, that's, that's be, be, be beautiful. And this will be coming out in a, in a month's time, but we wanted to capture this yeah, yeah, yeah. excitement. Yeah. But the other thing that made me sit at home and go, mm-hmm, did the right thing on holding off here right. was... So there's a point, there's one... I'm going to spoil one small joke good, in, your, man, in your in your show, and it's when you reference... Because you're talking about superheroes and all this, and you reference, you know, well, I'm, I'm technically an X-Man. Yeah magneto
1: came to see your fucking show (laughs) sir ian mckellen the coolest moment of my life right so
0: how that that was the bit that you i saw the photo and i was like
1: fucking brilliant we could do a whole podcast (laughs) on that really but man how was that magneto gandalf that that, so half that's really funny half people are like gandalf's coming and half the other people are like magneto's coming i'm like i'm obviously in the magneto camp as a superhero nerd um right so we had a silly conversation early on about the five stars are coming in so much. That's so great. But after a certain point, it doesn't blip anymore on people's radar. The only cool thing that would be to happen is... S-
0: sold out, as weird as it is, that's all happened now. Yeah, so they just the, have to yeah. happen. The, the, that part of the future has been decided. Yeah, they're now in. You they're just have, to, in. To, have yeah. to live it, yeah, which so is weird.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. And those audiences, you're like, they don't know anything of what's going on. They might have booked it a month ago. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, they, yeah, yeah. they don't know any of this story. Um So there was no blip on the radar of like how do we do another spike of something and i was talking to my agents i was like oh like it'd be really cool if like some famous people came along or whatever and then i found out karen gillen had popped in as well which is because she's nebula and i was like that, that superhero came and no one told me a superhero came and um we made a little joke about like getting somebody like that to come in and it was just happening organically at that point it was really really weird two hours before they were like oh yeah we had lunch with seri and and um he's quite keen he's doing hamlet across town he'd love to come and see it i think they might have been playing it up how keen he was i think yeah. they were trying to shuffle him in as well and it is a it's an odd moment because you brain it's at the same time um, you're going i recognize this man but also i know that it's in mckellen so mm-hmm. i'm like where do I know him from? This man, who is Ian McKellen, the brain. I'm, I couldn't handle it because why would, on earth would he be sitting there two meters away from me in that tiny box? Um, and he he was the best audience member. He's properly. I got him with the dog story. There's a big story about fighting a dog, and he was it was rolling around. He loved that so so much. But yeah, there's a bit in the show where I say I'm technically an X man, and then I had to stop because I was like, fucking magneto. I was like, sorry. <laughs> I was like, sorry, Ian. Thank you so much for coming. I know this is a bit of a ball ache, but like. If anyone could knight me as an honorary X-Man, you're the only person probably qualified to do it in the world. Would you consider right now making me an honorary X-Man? And he looked sort of annoyed in like a jokey way. And he stood up. Ah, so the coolest moment of my life. He stood up off his seat. Like, I wasn't sure what he was going to do. And I kneeled like he was going to knight me with a sword or something. And he put his arms out like Magneto. And he started properly committed it's like shaking his arms at me like he was doing the, the metal bending thing and I pretended oh, I was goodness. floating in the air like he's he's manipulating the iron in my blood and I was like ah it's incredible he was so committed to it so that's it on every X man he sat back down and then afterwards bless him he said he's such a charming 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 man he just came he just showed up like he's dressed in magneto as well with his little you know like I think there's a a scene like where they have to be secretly come out of the war or something. And he's wearing like a trilby hat and a trench coat. He just showed up in the door like that. And then he's like, my, my dear, that was a triumph. It's so wonderful to be so close to you. And then he came in and he saw my dressing room and he's like, you should be ashamed of yourself. So I had shit everywhere. I was like, sorry. And I'm so sorry. So it's not mine. And he was like, you could have stayed with me. I have a spare bedroom. I'm sure he's just being very kind. Um, May, and he said, "Absolutely
0: astounded.
1: just beautiful, so, so kind. Um, and he said, I'm going to tell all of my friends at Soho. Have a wonderful run at Soho. And um, when I didn't win the award, he sent me this really sweet email. that was like, uh, just a triumph, wonderful. If you're a bit miffed about the award, just remember, you've already got some and there's more to come, but more so than that. As we both know, the real reward is the love and laughter of the audience. Ian. I was like, oh, man. Amazing. That's, it's just yeah let's just stay with me forever when I'm on my knees and he's magnetoing at me I'm like this he should be getting paid for this he's committed to, this is what he gets paid to do yeah he's I just like, I'm in a film with him now even though no one's drop filming dropping
0: this in casually yeah and for any fake nerds out there who are going <laughs> magneto can't Knight you into the X Men. He's the enemy of the X Men. The real nerds know that Magneto and P- and Professor X started the X Men together, exactly, and then had
1: exactly exactly different de- views
0: of of how it should go. So really that start. you brought out, that don't even yeah. start. I don't want these nerds going. Well, why is why is the enemy of the X Men? No, no, no. But I mean that the reason that got me so excited and hit me on two levels was the show is about, as we said, trans your trans experience. I don't want to say trans culture because it's not, it's your experiences specifically and superheroes. And Sir Ian McKellen is Magneto, but he also co-founded Stonewall and made huge changes and impact for the LGBTQ plus communities. I did an amazing podcast with um, Michael Cashman where he talked two part where he talks about all of that. And I was in tears numerous times and it was like I was just looking. I just kept thinking, Ian is the embodiment of your show. Like what he's been that's through, and so what so he's nice. done. Your show could have been yeah. called "Is It Ian McKellen?" Because <laughs> it's literally it's it's the same joke of the of of mm-hmm. the LGBTQ plus part and the superhero part. And it was just that's I'm what not, a person to
1: come along. Yeah, I'd had that separate conversation with somebody about how 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 much he's done for us as a as a people. And yeah. But I'd never, I'd not put that together the way you just said it. That's such a nice way of saying it. Yeah, he's he's the, the only person that could have come. Yeah, only person <laughs> that should the, be the there.
0: that makes <laughs> that's sense. It. He is more than me. of that show. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he could have done it on his own. He, he's gonna start. He's gonna do it next year. And he probably would have smashed it. To be
1: honest, <laughs> See <you> in McKellen. <laughs>
0: but yeah, that's just. That and was again, a the the people don't talk enough about what him and Cashman and a few others did at a point where LGBTQ plus rights and exposure had started off really well and with loads of support and then it really took a quick turn to legally not being allowed any of these things representation wise not being allowed any of these things so yeah it just blows my mind and again it's beautiful that it played out perfectly as as you telling it because you told the moment of him as magneto and then you had that real moment backstage and it is it's both of those worlds it's oh it's amazing
1: Ch- just changed my life and it, it, i think there's there's the what the reviewers take seriously and what comedians take seriously and then there's what the greater public what hits them yeah. And i think that's one of the things where the people are like, oh bloody hell yeah this is a bit different now and then after that i sort of started seeing little people pop up in the in the spiegels that i recognize it's really nice see little i don't know like richard osmond staring back at me or whoever I was like oh this is oh, weirdly I, I
0: sat next to richard osmond for um For for John Kearns. Oh, right, yeah. yeah. And we just both happened to be in the back row, and there was an empty seat next to me, and an empty seat next to him and whoever he was with. And I thought, it looks as if we're with like <laughs> trying to make this a vip section or we've told people they aren't allowed back here yeah, yeah, or yeah. a tall person's a, a section one of the, the two. tall vips yeah <laughs> the tall VIP that's section. a different section completely i wanted i i was joe i was laughing to myself in my head it's like if anyone comes in and tries to sit there i might just say no this is the and just give a little nod over to her and go you're not allowed back here this yeah. is just look at us. this
1: face look at this face now look at your face what's <laughs> <laughs> do the math, yeah? <laughs> One of these things is not like the other, my friend. I just love <laughs> the
0: idea of the only way I could convince them it's a VIP section is by pointing at Richard Osman. They're not going to believe it with <laughs> me. That's the thing that was making me laugh. I was like, it's a VIP section. Look. <laughs> this guy. You don't know who I am, but look at this guy. Oh, no. um, so, I mean, we're, we're coming up to the hour mark. They're the taking it on the road. They're doing it at the S- Soho oh, Theatre again iconic venue in my opinion so many of the best shows i've ever seen have been in there how does it feel you've not had a chance to but preparing it for these new for outside of edinburgh because edinburgh as you said is a bubble it is its own little thing and now that bubble
1: has popped and it's gone away for this year how are you feeling about it i think that um the soho theater is a rite of passage so it's like you could, you should do it anyway you should try to do it anyway if you can but yeah, yeah. also then we get to create the london groundswell there's so much people that it, i can't tell you how well it's selling already it's yeah. like a dream come true that's so above my pay grade the, uh, to understand the numbers that we're, we're shifting is yeah i yeah. think it's magical but yeah to to try and drum up that again in london i quite like the challenge of that you get to sort of stay an underdog for a little bit we we were offered to a situation where we could easily jump the Soho Theatre and carry on. And when you're exhausted in the middle of a run, you think, oh, brilliant, I don't want to do this. But then coming back to Earth, you're like, that's the Soho Theatre. It's what you do. It almost it wouldn't be legit if we didn't do it and then take it around the world. So the big shows, they're talking about, I see, there's a phone box made of cardboard, which I, I shredded out of on the last show. As you can imagine, it's falling apart. <laughs> yeah. I hulked out of it. It was so funny. We're going to get like a full-on Doctor Who style Brilliant. turns around, lights, smoke, everything yeah. for that. That's the, all the money's going to go into that. Yeah. Do you remember like when Ricky came out on, um, on fame and he's got his name in lights and yeah, then he's like, yeah, yeah. that's it now. It's just me and a, me and a podium, <laughs> <laughs> not even a coat <laughs> yeah. hook. It's yeah. going to be that. We're just going to spend all the money on this phone book. I love it. It's playing now to bigger audiences around the country. It's like, the venue sizes, I don't think it's anything less than like a five or a 600 is what they're talking about, which is insane, but it's just one or two shows mm. in that place. That we're going to condense that. That feels like it's going to, it feels like I'm about to go on a rock and roll tour. Yeah, yeah.
0: You totally are. But yeah. again, I love that you're doing it the right way. And that's a credit to you, to your production team and to your agents. Cause if you skip over anything, I, I don't know. I always feel it's a mistake. When we were doing our music, we played like the kind of Astorias and then we did, Coco, and then we did the Sh- Shepherd's Bush Empire. Yeah, yeah. And we fell in love with Coco. So when we were doing our final tour, we asked if we could do two nights at Coco instead of doing a right. Shepherd's Bush or a Brixton or wherever else. It's like, no, that's, I've never felt as at home on a stage as I have on that one. And there were points where uh, when things were blown up, we could have skipped that stage or this or that, but you don't know the venue that's going to cl- a, a cl- a click with you. I remember w- 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 when we played b- Brixton Academy that place has got so many gig memories for me going to gigs there for years i didn't click with it on that side of the fence it was nice but it didn't feel like our stage it's it's, it's really weird it's what it's what works with your show and your performance and whatever else so yeah it was an odd one but again i think that's perfect because then you
1: can you're like right we've done this now we're going to do being allowed to follow your gut feels like a privilege that working class people maybe don't get to have as you're being pushed up it's like there's money suddenly there to make decisions got to take it it. and it was so nice that there was a bit of pushback from the agents like people saying no not the agents specifically but just people saying why are you doing that when there's more money to do it this way and it's it's, and i I was i was led along as well it's a dangling carrot of this thing we do the first one should be a giant one i know the last one on the tour should be the biggest thing let's let's ramp up um and being allowed to trust my gut is i've not had that privilege for quite a long time but now there's a little bit of money in the bank but yeah, okay, we can actually...
0: And again, people from the music industry all know, um, obviously that's that's slightly that's disrespectful to the comedy industry. I forget that the comedy industry is probably bigger than the music industry <laughs> oh, uh, now d- anyway. But we'll know. know that nothing hypes a big show like a sold-out show. Like like the sure. fact that those Soho ones will s- sell out and you've got a show, I mean, again, even if your humbleness doesn't want to admit it, the five-star reviews a minute. you've got a show that can deliver on the sold out so the beauty of that is everyone that goes to that as i did will be coming out immediately and telling these specific people in their lives that they have to go and see this and it's really important that they see this so i think it makes perfect sense to do the soho run there's gonna be loads of
1: people who can't get tickets oh bloody yeah the people that we had to turn away at the door i like i couldn't be a part of it, it was i was like it's just some people, people that I don't know, like I yeah. don't watch the Drag Race, but I'm a fan of all their work. Yeah. But it's like these lovely drag queens of Drag Race coming up like, oh, we'd love to get in tonight. And people going, I'm so sorry. I'm like, I'll not go. <laughs> Please let them come in. Don't turn away these bloody amazing people. Um, Paloma sent me a lovely message. She's going to yeah. come to Soho. I, I don't know if you spoke between because we spoke about Paloma Faith backstage yeah. when you yeah. came, which is a very kind thing for you to say. because yeah. again, I was,
0: I'm... I mean, I'll say it now on, on record, but it struck me immediately that when I used to gig with a Paloma, they were always amazing gigs. But I'd always sit there thinking, imagine how I can't wait for this in, in an arena in a stadium or whatever yeah. else it may be because of the style of performance. And, you, and yours was exactly that. I was watching like, this is so good. Even the Spiegel 10 t- t- stuff yeah, straight away. Exactly. I was like, I know how good that's going to be in there. And yeah, that's going to be... A lot of fun. Now yeah. you're going to have to deal with all the London people who want to come after it's it's sold out and right, different can't bush, make it. Right, different bush, but yeah.
1: <laughs> but it's it's an upward thing. And just, it was such a treat to have you there. Thank you so much, man. You know, like, I'm very fond of you and your work and I, it's what a lovely I thing for you to come and I do. And standing it, just, up for an hour. I, just, I have to stand. I don't even stand up for the hour. I, sit, I get to sit on the piano for, like, some of it.
0: Mate, people don't know. Um, <sighs> like, I was... I was like, you're all apologetic saying, all I can sort of is this, so I understand. If, I was no, that's fine. Yeah. Like, I, I've... <laughs>
1: I was half-joking when I said it. I was like, oh, there's a, te- there's a tech box, but obviously you're not going to stand there. It's made people l- l- laugh at... Basically, anyone
0: who's on my label, if they've toured the UK, I've either run the merch booth for them <laughs> or w- w- one time I did the full... I tour managed, drove the van and ran the merch booth. Bloody hell. Because... It's exciting and all of that's exciting. And so, yeah, I've watched loads of my favorite gigs from standing behind a merch table and being interrupted by people trying to buy stuff again. Just, I'm trying to <laughs> make an on at the moment. So, yeah, standing in a sound booth, that's the best s- spot in the room.
1: It's well, going to be the best, yeah. that's where they're going to be. That producer's are, a, a big fan of yours as well. So, he's like, that's perfect for him. But he thought I was joking as well. I was yeah. like, I think Pip's actually serious. He yeah. doesn't mind standing in the oh, Well, that's it. I kept
0: kind of saying to you, look, if that's a serious offer, because, again, <laughs> I think we were both being quite polite yeah. about it. Look, I don't know if you were joking, but I'll yeah. do that it's if I can, because I want to I, I catch you. But, well, let's speak outside of, of comedy to wrap things up, because, as you said, you wrote a short that turned into a series. Was that with paramount
1: yeah while well, i was at comedy, comedy central, central. Yeah. yeah um and then that was licensed and they're all on, on, on youtube on youtube, YouTube transaction. transaction yeah six short episodes did really well really chuffed with that then they got licensed out to nick frost and simon pegg's company stolen picture because nick liked it nick said if this ever gets made into a series i want to be in it and then uh Love they it. they've got us a commission now for a terrestrial television channel which i'm not supposed to mention even though some other journalists have alluded to but it's not been fully confirmed but it might as well be uh, with Nick Frost playing my boss and Simon Pegg playing his boss. Okay. Um, and it's me as a supermarket worker that's an affirmative action transgender hire and she makes it everyone's problem because she's an absolute nightmare. And I love it. <laughs> love it so, so much. So that's my little, that's my my heart is in this show transaction that we're making. But then there's four or five other things in Unscripted and Scripted that are being pushed up, different companies, so many. I mean, that's, I swear half of those shows were just industry people packed in. Like The agents mm. have been incredible on that front. So yes, yeah, so much stuff to do. And I'm thinking about making some more music. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Like I remember something you said ages ago and it really resonates and it's so simple. You don't think about it. It's like, why would I make it unless I've got something to say? You don't just churn it out yeah. until you've got something to say. Yeah. And I can't, it's like in a musical, they only burst into song when they can't express it through words. Yeah. It's like, why? But now I've got, I've got one or two in my heart. I'm like, I can afford it as well. Again, it's that conversation of what you can actually afford to do it at, at the highest level. It's not a, um, I couldn't do a sort of a bedroom recording of it. It's got to be a grand, ridiculously grand string arrangement mm. thing. Yeah, that's what it sounds like in my heart anyway. So that's nice. i gonna do a Childish Gambino and just do a whole side career as well. Uh, that's I trend. love it. Are you
0: going to r- return to do- a Tall Dark friend yeah. for the music that's so, so you sweet do you, the full yeah. Gambino? and That's it. Yeah, I yeah, love yeah.
1: it. The first thing Tall Dark Friends done in 10 years, I guess. I love it. That's yeah, perfect. Because yeah. I brought out a single under my own name and I wasn't that fond of it. So like, it's fine. Platinum's a fine, fine single, but it's under Jordan Gray. Yeah. So this is the first yeah. thing Tall Dark Friends done. It's going to sound like a real Tall Dark Friends song.
0: I love that. I remember trying to book Gambino for the podcast and it's literally different teams for Donald Glover and for, for oh, Childish right. Gambino. Okay. Because I'd had Gambino on, on my radio show on XFM and then he had one of his films. It, it might have been the first series of Atlanta was out. Right. And I was, I was hitting them up, saying, oh, I'd love, I'd love to have him on. I've got a podcast now. It's, it's doing bigger numbers than my XFM show <laughs> used to do. Um I'd love to have him on. And they are like, oh, no, 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 we don't look after Donald G- 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 Glover. And I kind of took a second, like, oh, shit, you mean you look after Childish Gambino? Right, right. But not Donald G- 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 That's Glover. Like bloody... Again, it might have been a moment that that happened. I'm, I'm saying this no, as if it it's a fact right? now, but yeah. that was my experience of it. I was like, oh, wow, okay. Cool.
1: Well, if you can get word <laughs> to the people who look after, you can get Donald, Donald to pass it Clark. on to Charles. <laughs> that's like bloody Andy Kaufman and what's his? What was his alter ego? The club singer? Do you know? Yeah, who yeah, or, yeah, 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 yeah. Whatever his name was. Yeah. Like, no, he's got different people. But Andy will tell him. Andy yeah, will tell. Oh, exactly. Samuda. Bob. Oh, Bob Samuda was his producer. I can't remember what his, the character's name was. No, yeah, he was, it was madness. It's like okay, well that's 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 not a problem. I wonder um, how Donald feels about. But about Childish Gambino now because it is some people genuinely have no idea who's a comedian or a writer or a screenwriter because yeah. is a phenom in both places, yeah. And it's um,
0: really interesting, so different as well. Like, yeah. I remember getting his first stand up DVD and it's so different, like, he's playing almost the geeky, the geeky character, it's it's a, yeah. He's playing exactly, Troy, yeah. Um, so sweet. and then on his records, he's very much not playing Troy, no. <laughs> he's got no. all the confidence and bravado and yeah. amazing t- a talent. So, I guess. It's weird because this has been – that was a big, weird stutter. This has been – it was like a fizz. It's like I was fizzing <laughs> with excitement to get this sentence out. Okay. <laughs> um This has been the maddest month ever, but it's been a long time coming as well because, as I said, all the TV stuff that's been going on and any yeah, and the conversations that, that, that you're having behind the scene have all been happening and they're all building up and it's just beautiful. I'm really glad that you got to have – the fringe because i think the way your careers going anyway it's really weird in, f- in film and tv i speak to a lot of people about this on the pod and off the pod is you don't really get a moment and in, in music as well you don't really get a moment to appreciate how well it's all going because right, it's little it? in bits here and there and then it's exciting but then you're, you're you're working it's a job you're getting this done and then there's this and then there's that and by, particularly in tv and film by the time that project that you were so excited about comes out you're on the next one and you're not that excited about it anymore and it's happened and all this kind of thing. But the Fringe had to all happen at once in one place in one month. So I think you probably got to appreciate it more V- 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 viscerally and physically and emotionally than all the other
1: stuff that's been going on. In that's this building, such a nice guess. way of saying it. Absolutely, I, I I like to hold on to as much humility as possible because you, when you're transgender, you get put on a pedestal anyway. That's like part of the show. Yeah. everyone's telling you that you didn't do anything, but you're amazing because look, yeah. you've done this thing. It's just who so, I am. No, but yeah. you're amazing Literally, for being thanks. here. All oh, right, oh, must it. be amazing. <laughs> um, but did, like, right. I did feel like I got to, I got to feel like a little rock star for a month, and it's like. It was cool. It's nice to feel like that and, and also try and stay the course and see how it affects you and stuff. So, yeah, but you're right. Of course, films, drips and drabs. We just pitched something, not to go on about it. I've got a feeling in 10 years it's going to get made. I've got a really strong feeling it's yeah. going to get made, but that's how long something like what I've just pitched takes to get made. Yeah. In 10 years, we'll be looking back like, oh, was a different person when we pitched that. Yeah. Different ideals and everything. A hundred percent. And yeah. it's it's the weird thing of when in the world that we live in now,
0: when you get these moments of amazing news in an email <laughs> you kind of read it you're like fuck that's amazing yeah. you know like, uh, make dinner yeah i guess I'll yeah. go. <laughs> kind of- yeah. whereas at the fringe it is it is as you say you, you've said that it's a bubble but it is this constant thing because it's show after show and you're getting the real reaction of the audience in front of you yeah. and you're getting those beautiful moments with your amazing production team who were all so into it and also proud of you when i was talking to them they were so excited it was the, the, their journey as well and it's all real and in front of you. And I, I think
1: it's beautiful that that's. You're in your body. You're actually there. in your body. Yeah. It's not all. What's Matt, 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 what in um, Wolf of Wall Street? Who is it? that's talking about the bibbidi bibbidi, the, the numbers uh, up here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. It's, not, it's not all up there. It's real. You're in your body. You're there. You've got two feet on the ground and, well, balancing on one foot. And yeah, it's really happening. That's, yeah, That I did need that because I can take all that energy forward now. Like, wow, the, the real people like this. It's not just yeah production people telling me I'm doing a good job. Like, when it comes out.
0: Have you had any moments of doubt? Because after The Voice, it was all big and then it wasn't necessarily how you wanted it to be or what you, you want it to be. I know you've spoken before of kind of having some realisations afterwards that it almost felt like you, you, you were a convenient p- package for them <laughs> at, yeah, at, 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 at that moment. And then, you know, we, we don't live in the best areas, Jordan. <laughs> so it is one of the, I think it's... It can be, unless your mind, and again, I don't know what was going on on behind the scenes in these years. Again, I'm also aware that I've had moments where everyone thinks I've disappeared from all (laughs) industries and I'm having the most productive time of my life because I'm working on these things. But in the areas that we live in, it's easy to feel like, I don't know, to feel defeated or feel downtrodden or feel like you can never get past this or get past the restrictions of your class or or anything else. Yeah. And I just wondered if there was any moments kind of in this journey that you've kind of felt a bit defeated and, and beaten and if you can look back on them now and go, fucking hell,
1: I couldn't have been more wrong. <laughs> I don't get to be... I always feel like an honorary woman at best, which is really, that's not a nice part of it. But the comedian, it's like most women in comedy have that same feeling. Like there's not a lot of hyper-sexualized female comedians. They they either really lean into it or they shave off the feminine parts of their personality that they would otherwise celebrate because it's of this field.
0: To be one of the boys. Yeah,
1: so I'm leaping about in a jumpsuit and feeling like it's a really weird combination because I don't ever get to feel properly like just like a woman that I am. Um, and in, where I'm from, I'm, I'm usually in a hoodie and a hat and stuff. I mean, I'm wearing a hat now. But in Edinburgh, to be able to walk around like like this hero with my stupid big hair and big hoop earrings and stuff, just really like over the top of accoutrements or femininity, but stuff that would never get to wear. That was like, that. yeah, being your real self is such a wanky thing to say, but it's like a real, being your real self means that you can be as productive a member of society as you can possibly be. And what I do in society is I try to entertain people. So I was able to do that as best I could hopefully maybe this means there's some i get to take a few more steps to being myself i could go to my agent's office for example and be and say and do whatever i want and it would be wonderful because they're they're on part of this journey but Mm. then yeah we are we do live in difficult on the train there and the train back yeah 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 so (laughs) you're living a half a compartmentalized life and then you could log into twitter thankfully my twitter currently is just a barrage of lovely compliments but of a normal day it's bloody your rights are being taken away like uh, this i got all the way through the fringe some comments bloody jordan gray that's a bloke fucking talented though (laughs) i was like that changed my whole trajectory there's people there's transgender comedians getting a load of stick and it's like how can you call this man a woman that that is a man I get that they're very funny and talented, <laughs> charismatic, and they've got a great in-your-face delivery. But that is a man. I'll like, oh, take that man. I'll take that from.
0: Because me. I mean, you've touched upon <laughs> th- some nudity. Did you get any comments in this one going? Kind of that is a man, but it's a fit man. <laughs> <'Cause-> <laughs> <laughs> You know, because there's a lot of that. There are are moments of like, oh, wow, this is happening.
1: That's a novelty. I don't Nothing ever, but nothing bad from the show. 100% good from the show. Never had anyone waiting outside with a placard or whatever. It was really nice. But Jerry Sadowitz thing happened at the same time. So I was in a lot of conversations where they're like, how come this one performer's getting lauded for getting a knob out? And Jerry Sadowitz, I don't know the ins and outs of that story. I'm
0: exactly the same. I talked about it with a mate and we were like, we don't know the ins and outs of it. But the reason they brought it up was I was hyping up your show and they were saying i wonder if jerry sadowich if the ins and outs of it involve you you in any way like like in in, in the if he was talking about oh i've heard there's this person who's getting their dick again this is complete conjecture it's the only thing that we're like oh maybe because again it is as you say it's <laughs> it's, it's timely that one guy got
1: huge amounts of abuse, and from the sounds of it, rightfully so. I think there was a touch um, of Islamophobic language in there. That's hopefully not present in my show, not to yeah, my knowledge. So right. I don't. I think there's a little bit of a confluence of different yeah, things. Yeah, it's the intent. I'm. I'm a, I am when I'm nude up there. I'm a large toddler that's having a good time. I'm not. There's no directed. Well, at all. Sexuality. I mean, that's it.
0: Though intent is the perfect thing there because I talked to, to Frankie Boyle about this. And I'm a big Ricky G- a Gervais fan. Yeah. I consider him a pal. Like he's helped me out with some really good stuff. He's but a master craftsman. Never
1: take that away from me. I think he's a wonderful comedian.
0: His trans jokes didn't make me laugh at all, and the yeah. intent didn't seem like they were particularly to make everyone laugh. It felt like the kind of nudging yeah. of a mate going, "Oh, look at this." And it's like it, it, it didn't feel good. And that's, I think that's that should be, that's across the board in comedy. I don't think like all the talk of woke culture is ruining this and ruining that. It's like yeah. no people like Anthony Jeselnik can say the most offensive things in the world, but yeah. it's beautifully crafted and it's clear that the intent isn't to, to like, again, you take it out of context as yeah happens down. with loads of queens, yeah. l- 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 and that's a problem. Like I'll agree that that's a problem of woke culture is taking this stuff that's meant to be heard in an hour-long set in a club at 11 o'clock at night yeah. and putting it, in someone's twitter feed as they're having their breakfast at 7am sure. yeah next to another daylight. piece of news that's yeah. related of, yeah, exactly of so yeah. so the the removal of context and 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 set and set in all these things is a problem but yeah as you say it's 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 intent and i think that's that makes all the difference there and i think you can do anything you can be naked you can not be naked
1: you can do you can not be things, naked if you like you don't dependent. you don't have to yeah. not be naked I mean, there's options <laughs> yeah
0: but yeah, it's 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 been a hell of a month, Jordan. And as said, it feels like it's the the midpoint. i was going to as, I, as I say the start of a lot, but it's not yeah. the start because so much good stuff has been happening so already, already. So yeah. yeah, it's a wonderful midpoint or stop off on on it's, a hell of a journey. Yeah, and I'm excited is, for all changed. this ahead.
1: My life has changed completely if yeah. it's a shift for sure this is it's not a small escalation it did it, it change but hearing you say that means a lot because i know you've been through this run you know yeah. you're, you're on your way you know you, you see these patterns which i'm seeing now for yeah. the first time. it's, it's cool. really
0: interesting and you said kind of you went into the fringe and you weren't exactly a household name and now you're far more of a household name i mean i'd argue because pretty i'm pretty sure that because you've been on distraction pieces, you're already a household name. I'm pretty yeah. sure that's how it works. But they only,
1: only, for, yeah, you're you're that very specific man household. My household, my mum's household pieces. up the road, yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> my dad's household down there. They're the households yeah. that were very aware before. But now, yeah, I can't wait to see. As said, the the Soho theatre run I think is going to be glorious, and then everything that comes after it's that, September
1: nineteenth to October
0: first. Two weeks. I love it. Yeah, man. I love it. I think this should be coming out around then. I That's think cool. the start That's of that nice. run or the middle of that run. But yeah, I can't wait. I can't yeah, wait man. to see what's ahead, and I can't wait to see what we talk about next time you're on. As said, the first time you were on, it was a very different conversation. So
1: imagine if it's a different career.
0: Yeah, I mean, the second time it was all pandemic business. Sure, sure. <laughs> that was yeah. a mini one, and now <laughs> again it's all different. I can't. I'm thoroughly enjoying being like one of them maps. The, that have to catch a serial killer just just plot, <laughs> plot, <laughs> plot, plot in it's the journey good. along it's plot cool your career me, through distraction pieces
1: episodes yeah. it's so cool it's just that you that you, you you were the first uh it was my first touchstone to like you know being on distraction pieces is is a, a milestone for so many people that grew up in my, my age my area especially you know you're knocking about and it was like is that a hero moment that's Pricked up a load of people's ears, my contemporaries' ears, and that feels special because you fall into a habit as an artist of just wanting to impress other artists as well. And that is very much impresses other people, other artists (laughs) and comedians when you say, you know, Screw Bruce I love it.
0: Um, I I used to have a a, a similar thing with having been a guest on the Joe Rogan podcast, but now that has opposite (laughs) effects and and, and things. It used to really prick people's ears up in a good way, and now. now, now not so great but um just right things so, change. Uh, just this is funny i'll try not yeah, to become yeah. <laughs> a very pr- problematic podcaster in the future
1: because i don't have many left you'll <laughs> you'll like this you'll think this is funny hardcore listing podcast i went on and gave my five top comedians of all time that i still working four of them are now very very problematic people the only one that's left that i think i gave was maria bamford who i'm hoping just stays the course Stay crazy, she what she's keep, doing. keep it all in line yeah. amazing but yeah that's the I only love thing you stuff. take away from this podcast maria <laughs> please you're doing so well don't just don't say what you like but just say it with the right intent and everything will be fine
0: i always used to like dan Lassac. used to always laugh when i've had a few people really kindly get tattoos of my face on them yeah man dan would always say that's mad i love what if you end up killing people and i'd be like hang on you're the person i spend more of my time with than anyone in the world you know me better than anyone and you're thinking it's a good chance he's going to end up being a horrible murderer oh wicked cheers dan but but there we go well thank you for coming on again and i said i'm excited for all of our off podcast conversations and our future on podcast conversations too
1: it's been a pleasure such a joy thank you you're you're a gentleman and a scholar i don't know what sign up <laughs> i was in, intending on but that's what came out you're so lovely thanks oh, you for went him, for ian mckellen i <laughs> L- love it thank you, thank you. <laughs> see you next time You've been listening to Scroobius Pip's Distraction Pieces.
0: There we go. That was Jordan Gray. I hope you enjoyed that. I forgot to mention the litany of people in my life from different areas who were all going to see Jordan Gray on Monday, on the Monday just gone. So, previous guest, PC Leon McLeod. Previous guest and host of the Mum and Mama podcast, Amy Borman. Previous guests and hosts of sex with charlie and nina charlie and bloody nina my partner b and even my mum and my aunt my mum's a two-time previous guest maybe a three-time previous guest probably the maddest mixture of people i'm not going to go into any more detail on how that came together because it's confusing to me but um wonderful time had by all what an episode right Oh, good news. Happy surprise. I'll be back next week with another episode. Tune in then. Grab your tickets now for that London Palladium gig. This stuff's feeling historic right now. Yeah, I'll be back next week. Until then, stay safe and stay sane.
1: Ta-ta.